What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation, bloggingtheboys.com. Oh, ball is wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you enjoyed the 2021 Dallas Cowboys regular season finale, a 51-26 win on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. A bit of a meaningless game, but never a bad thing to beat the Eagles. Always a good time for the Cowboys. Big-time performance from Dak Prescott. Big-time performance from Dalton Schultz. Big-time performance from Cedric Wilson. We have a lot to get to. It is our Dallas Cowboys postgame show here at Blogging the Boys. You can watch us live on our YouTube channel. You can watch us live on our Facebook page. You can always catch the rewatch on either of those platforms. Please do subscribe to our YouTube channel. And you can always listen to our show on our podcast network, the Blogging the Boys podcast network, available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe. Leave a rating. Write a review. We have winners. We have losers. We do have honorable mentions to get to. We do have some bows to tie on this regular season. The Dallas Cowboys going 12 and 5 ultimately. And with a little bit of help on Sunday, could wind up as high as the two seed in the NFC. That does seem a little bit unlikely, but it is possible because of the result that the Dallas Cowboys got on Sunday night, Sunday night, goodness gracious, on Saturday night with their win over the Philadelphia Eagles. And look, the Dallas Cowboys for the first time in really forever. Uh, by the way, Pain Train Entertainment says Victory Polo Sunday. Just for the purposes of the brand Pain Train, it is still Victory Polo Monday. Uh, Victory Polo Monday tomorrow, a Sunday edition of the greatest day of all days. But the Dallas Cowboys have swept the NFC East, they won 12 games this season. Half of them were against the NFC East. There were so many people who said at the beginning of the year, because they don't know how to, you know, really look ahead when it comes to the NFL. They said, the NFC East, somebody's going to win that thing with seven wins. Washington's going to repeat as division champions. New York, look at Daniel Jones and that offense. Goodness gracious, can't even begin to wrap my mind around that. The Philadelphia Eagles, watch out. Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni. No, 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 not a single one of them got a win against the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas sweeping the entire division, 6-0. and It feels very, very very good. Uh, Kevin says on YouTube, sure, we should be happy, guys. We blew their starters out, too. I agree with you, Kevin. And to be very clear here, I'll be totally honest. I did not think that the Cowboys uh, should have played their starters in this game. I thought the Cowboys should have been smart uh, and should have just kind of put this thing on ice. Philadelphia approached it that way. Jalen Hurts was inactive. About half their team was inactive, it felt like. And so I, I don't blame you for saying, yeah, you know, we, we didn't really beat a quality team. You, you know, the Cowboys didn't. We can be honest about that. But they did put up 50 points. Um, that's something notable. Isaiah said, or Isaiah, he, excuse me, on YouTube says, uh, realize this game that Dak seems more comfortable throwing to Wilson, C.D. Cooper in that order. First six games seem that way, too. Our best games, our offense should be a passing team already. On the subject of Dak Prescott, uh, there were some things that the Cowboys did accomplish tonight if you care about these kinds of things, if you care about the history books and whatnot. Speaking of, Dak Prescott was incredible tonight. Five touchdowns through the air for number four. Uh, anytime, you know, you can have that happen. I don't know how you can <coughs> be upset about it. Sorry, I've got a bit of a dry cough going on. It is allergy season. That's all I'm dealing with, by the way. Allergies, 21 of 27, 295 yards. The five touchdowns for Dak Prescott. He entered this game with 32. <coughs> Excuse me. So 32 plus five is 37. And I know that we are going to upset a certain contingency of Cowboys fans here. But Dak Prescott's 37 passing touchdowns this season are more than any Cowboys quarterback ever. That's right. Dak Prescott tonight with his fourth touchdown tied Tony Romo with 36 passing touchdowns on the season. Romo set that mark in 2007 and Dak went out and broke it. <clears throat> goodness it's getting me this cough i'm telling you this whole regular season uh is, is a tough go it is just a cough though it's a dry cough can't 
I uh, can't seem to shake it. But uh, but Dak Prescott, again, getting this record. I know a lot of Romo stands are upset about it. Um, and look, you can love both Romo and Dak. It's okay, I promise you. Uh, but a lot of people incorrectly noting that Dak Prescott had 17 games to do it. He did have 17 weeks. However, he did do it in 16 games. <coughs> Telling you, talking about this particular record is a little bit emotional for me. Uh, sorry about the cough. Seriously, I know that's probably a, a just terrible sound on your ears. I'll do, I'll do my best to power through them. Israel, thank you for the super chat. Says, great win today, RJ. We needed a good offensive performance. Dak needs to play this way in the upcoming weeks. Great win, Cowboys. It was a fantastic game from Dak Prescott. And again, you can say it was against the uh, reserve players for the Eagles, but um, if if it helps, you know, if it helps provide Dak Prescott with a, a huge level of momentum, uh, so be it. I don't really believe in momentum myself, uh, but uh, it is something that is notice, uh, notable. Excuse me. So, um, uh, by the way, Isaac says, take a horse. I, uh, I don't know if we have any halls in my house, um, but I will see about that. Um, <clears throat> I have a little tickle as I say that again. You know, not a not a sponsor. Halls is of this show. You know, hey, Halls, you want to sponsor the show? Want to prove that you have a, a product worth, you know, worth us endorsing? Hey, let's see. Uh, <coughs> but um, all is good, I promise. It's just, I was totally fine, I, I promise, right before the show started. Totally good. Uh, I promise, just to cough, everybody, I do appreciate your concerns in our comment section. But Dak Prescott was remarkable. Uh, again, a couple of touchdowns to get to here. But, I mean, you know, I think that the star of the night was really Cedric Wilson in an important way. Here's the first Cedric Wilson touchdown. That's Wilson in motion. Dak looking for Cedric's got him and he will prance into the end zone touchdown Cowboys uh F kick crutch says I'll take 50 but Kellen Moore is going to get cute again I feel Kellen Moore had his interview with the Jacksonville Jaguars so you know what Kellen best of luck to you uh I don't have Kellen on my winners list tonight uh I do have though Cedric Wilson again Cedric was phenomenal tonight and I do think uh by the way Melissa you said water may help so I've got some Gatorade again not a sponsor here just a lot of natural natural uh kind of plugs happening here I do have some Gatorade I'm gonna hit as soon as this show is over but I will power through because our Dallas Cowboys just beat the tar out of the Philadelphia Eagles so we have to celebrate that together but Cedric Wilson you know I feel like Michael Gallup's torn ACL didn't get enough attention. Um, you know, we were all so frustrated with the offensive showing last week, also frustrated with the loss that I don't think that we really paid enough attention to the fact that Michael Gallup is not going to be available for this team in the playoffs. And I know that Michael Gallup missed a lot of this season with the calf strain, and I feel terrible for Michael Gallup when it comes to free agency, and, and we'll see what his future obviously holds. But Cedric Wilson has kind of been developing uh, into this role and, and really kind of taking it and flourishing, and we saw that tonight. We saw Cedric Wilson, I think, if if we learned anything, because it is difficult to kind of take a lot away from this game given the quality of the opponent. Um, but but I think we learned that that Cedric is more than capable of handling things as the team's third wide receiver. Again, two touchdowns tonight. The first was awesome. We showed it to you. Let's go ahead and show you the second one because, I mean, Cedric Wilson was awesome. Cedric Wilson, I mean, huge, huge winner today. Dak to throw under pressure. All alone is Cedric Wilson for the touchdown. Second touchdown for Wilson tonight. Good for 24 yards. 
Mark uh, says Powerade is better than Gatorade. I didn't know that this show would turn into uh, just a bunch of like medical advice from you guys, but it, you know, that just goes to show the power of the community that we've built here throughout this season. And so very appreciative to all of you. Uh, you know, uh, Nathan Payne uh, says BLG is going to say this was against reserves, but Cowboys have swept the NFC East. Looking forward to the mixtape this week. Nathan, with a great plug, this is actually something I'm affiliated with. In case you don't know, every single week, myself and Brandon Lee Gowton, the aforementioned BLG, he is the me from our Philadelphia Eagles site over at SB Nation. BLG and I get together every single week on the NFC East mixtape. We talk about, obviously, the division, the state of things, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you can listen to that on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. It's also accessible on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast network, our Eagles site, as well as Hogshaven and Big Blue View, our Washington and New York Giants websites. It is the most unique podcast that we offer at SB Nation. So if you haven't checked it out, uh, this is going to be a good week to do it because I'll get to brag uh, about the Cowboys sweeping the entire NFC East. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, Jason Phillips says, I love Eagles pickup. I don't know what that means. Uh, Jessica on Facebook. I love this question. I wonder if Amari will still complain. He didn't get enough targets since he didn't get a touchdown. Amari Cooper has been an interesting person in the news as of late last couple of weeks. Amari, for what it's worth, did finish with seven targets, did lead the team. Uh, in case anybody is curious, five catches, 79 yards, but did not get a score. Amari and CD, the only kind of notable pass catchers held out of the end zone. For what it's worth, I do have Amari Cooper as a winner, um, and I, I appreciate the kind of tongue-in-cheekness here, Jessica, about Amari not catching a touchdown, but I do believe that we kind of saw what happens when you call Amari's number. I think that we saw that tonight in Philadelphia. Again, kind of a meaningless game, but there's no question that Amari Cooper is the best pass-catching option on this team, and many of us have talked about it. Why don't the Cowboys force feed in the ball the way the Packers do Devontae Adams, the way the Rams do Cooper Cup, the way, you know, whoever and whatever. I mean, do that. Do that and good things will happen. And so Amari is awesome. I, I do have him as a winner in this game. There was, you know, there was a lot of good positive vibes to throw around. So um, I will, um, you know, I will certainly give Amari uh, a winner's uh, not any chance I can. Um, anyway, just making sure um, we don't miss any news here. I know that we have uh, some concern about Neville Gallimore. Nothing yet as of now uh, from the um, the immediate aftermath of the game. <clears throat> By the way, speaking of important news, um, this was a scoregami. And in case you don't know what a scoregami is, a scoregami is literally a score that has never happened before in NFL history. 51 to 26 was a scoregami. So the Cowboys making all kinds of history uh, tonight. Goofball and company, thank you for the super chats. Is, do you see us going to the Super Bowl this year? Uh, we have a lot more of your comments to get to. More winners, losers, and honorable mentions, of course, to get to if my voice will allow it. Uh, but before we get to that, a lot of you have brought up playoff seating and whatnot. So let's go ahead and throw this up here. Uh, this is a fantastic chart made by Dennis Selman on Twitter, Dennis Selman 33. Uh, what you're looking at, our podcast audience not seeing this, but this is a chart that shows all of the permutations that are possible within the NFC playoff picture. And so the block on your left, my right, um, I guess my left technically, uh, but the block on your left, the smaller block shows the results of certain games. And so right now we obviously know that the Cowboys have won. So say the San Francisco 49ers beat the Los Angeles Rams tomorrow. Let's follow that trajectory and say the Seattle Seahawks are able to upset the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. Say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are still not, you know, going to fall and still find a way to beat the Carolina Panthers. If you look at that third row from the bottom where it's got San Francisco, Seattle, Tampa, and Dallas, those are all the winners. That would see Dallas as the three seed in the NFC. 
hosting the San Francisco 49ers as the sixth seed. Uh, so there are still some possibilities where Dallas could. There's actually only one possibility where they could wind up the three seed. But there is a possibility where Dallas could wind up as the two seed. If San Francisco, Seattle and Carolina all win tomorrow, basically, if the Rams, the Cardinals and the Buccaneers all lose, then Dallas would be the two seed in the conference that they would actually host the team they just beat, the Philadelphia Eagles, next week in the wild card round. All of the other permutations see the Cowboys as the four seed in the NFC. However, uh, playing potentially the Rams or the Cardinals, depending on who loses the NFC West tomorrow. So uh, this thing could shake a number of different ways. And to answer the question, do I see us going to the Super Bowl this year? A lot of it kind of depends on how this shakes out. Not a ton of it. I, I, I probably want to face the Rams the least. Um, I would love to face the 49ers if they're going to play Jimmy Garoppolo. I would love to face this Eagles team again next week, however scary that would be. I guess I'm not indifferent, or I am indifferent, rather, of, of facing the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I do think the Cowboys could beat them, obviously. I, I thought last week was a little bit of a fluke and an aberration, but obviously it was discouraging. So, you know, we're going to see uh, how the chips fall tomorrow, but I do think it's possible. I think the Cowboys have put themselves in about as best of a position as they possibly could. Um, I think that, you know, with Micah Parsons coming back, I think with the Cowboys' offense feeling good, I mean, you know, they're two games away, two wins away from an NFC championship game, and at least one of those games is going to take place at AT&T Stadium. And so I think you have to like those odds. Uh, Tim says, winner RB group. This was a great game for the Cowboys running back group. I mean, certainly. Obviously, Zeke Elliott crossed 1,000 yards. You have to go there. You have to give Zeke his, his credit. And in fact, while we're talking about Zeke and his 1,000 yards, here is the play in which Zeke Elliott hit four digits on the season. Here's Zeke. And that should get him over a thousand. Four digits on the season. Fourth time in his career that Zeke Elliott has ran for at least a thousand yards. Zeke Elliott obviously uh, has had quite the career so far with the Dallas Cowboys. A uh, thousand yards is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, I'm not sneezing, thankfully, only coughing. But uh, impressive season for Zeke. Impressive season for Tony Pollard tonight. Corey Clement, Ito Smith, Jaquan Hardy. I mean, just a really awesome night. And in fact, we saw so many touchdowns coming late from different players on the Cowboys. We mentioned Corey Clement and Jaquan Hardy. This season, all told, because the regular season is now officially over, 22 players scored touchdowns for the Dallas Cowboys this season. That is a franchise record. So very cool stuff. And for anybody who says, look, we don't know how the season's going to go, by the way, for the Cowboys. We don't know what next week has in store, what two weeks from now have in store, three weeks or five weeks if the Cowboys are fortunate enough to be in the Super Bowl. But all told, this was a supremely successful season for the Dallas Cowboys. And at the very least, all told, this season proved that Mike McCarthy is a legitimate head coach. And the idea that anybody was bailing on him after last year was extremely premature. So great job by the Cowboys offense, a total team effort all season long. Very cool to see them kind of share this record with one another. Kenneth Cook, think of the Super Chats as Dallas only beat two playoff teams. Very scary. Again, you know, not ideal. Um, but, you know, that could change tomorrow. I mean, the Cowboys beat the Patriots. They're a playoff team. The Cowboys beat the Eagles. They're a playoff team. If the Chargers win tomorrow night, there's another playoff team. So you never know how things are going to shake out tomorrow. It's going to be a very interesting Sunday across the NFL. Vance Williams, thank you for the super chat, says, in the words of two great women that we know, Philly for never and birds aren't real. Vance, of course, mentioning girls, talking boys, one of our fantastic shows on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. Kelsey, Charles, and Meg Murray very famously sign off every single episode saying Cowboys forever and Philly for never. Philly for never, ever, ever, ever. The Dallas Cowboys swept the Philadelphia Eagles this 
season. All right, let's keep going. Let's move along. Let's get to your comments. Um, I like this comment here, by the way. Yusuf says, smash that like button and support Arjun and the gang. You know, hey, if you want to hit the like button on, on wherever you're watching, that would be cool. That would make us happy. I can't promise that that's going to help with my, like, you know, cough situation, this, you know, congestion, whatever I got going on. I do feel like it's making my voice sound different. Maybe that's just in my head, whatever. Uh, but who knows? But anyway, let's uh, let's get back uh, to, you know, some important things. Let's get back to some winners. Uh, we've already talked about uh, Cedric Wilson. We've already talked about Amari Cooper. I think this goes without saying, but Dak Prescott winner, um, you know, and, and look, you can say that, you know, this was against a, a, a reserve team. This was against a reserve defense. You can say, by the way, still paying attention to make sure nothing uh, has come out yet about Neville Gallimore. All seems well as of now. Um, but um, you, you could say all that about Dak. You could throw out all those qualifiers and outliers or whatever. It's got to feel really great for him to go into the playoffs. And I know we've all kind of had questions about Dak Prescott, understandably so, uh, entering the playoffs because of what happened last week, because of basically what has happened since the Patriots win. It's been not great, but Dak Prescott has had obviously two incredible performances as of late against Washington and now against Philadelphia. He broke the Cowboys franchise record. I mean, you know, things... Things have to feel pretty good for Dak Prescott. And in fact, if they're not feeling good enough for Dak Prescott now, maybe they will after he finds out that he is our official star of the game, our final star of the game for the regular season, Dak Prescott, 295 passing yards, five touchdowns, a completion percentage of 77.8. Dak Prescott was in Fuego tonight in the city of, of brotherly love. <laughs> Couldn't even <laughs> get through that. Uh, seriously. Maybe they should take down the Rocky statue and replace it with Dak Prescott. That is my, uh, you know, my my personal recommendation uh let's see here uh erica says beating the pants off of philly always feels good i loved kelvin joseph and jaquan hardy out there i'm gonna be honest and look i um i realize that i am being extremely picky here and so because there weren't a lot of losers it, it was very difficult to find enough people to make the loser list so this is the loser i feel the least passionate about and it's really being incredibly picky loser kelvin joseph from the very beginning of the game not locking down the interception. That's it. That's the only real negative thing I have to say about Kelvin Joseph. Other than that, a fine outing. Uh, the rest of our losers, definitely much more deserving. But let's get through our winners first. We have Dak Prescott, Cedric Wilson, Amari Cooper. How could we not include Dalton Schultz? Dalton Schultz showing up again. We'll see what free agency has in store for him, whether or not the Cowboys are able to bring him back. I think all of you are going to say you have to bring Dalton Schultz back. I agree with you. Dalton Schultz was awesome in this game. Caught two touchdowns. Let's show you the first one. From the two. Prescott throwing for it again. Got it. Touchdown. Dalton Schultz. And the Cowboys go back up top. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more 
and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And you know what? Let's just show you the second one. Why, why, why not show them both? Third and four. Middle of the end zone caught. Touchdown, Dalton Schultz. One of the best tight ends in the NFL. Doesn't get enough credit, Dalton Schultz. Doesn't get enough credit, Dalton Schultz. Um, so good for him. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jessica says, what about the kicker? He should be on the loser list. Jessica, you know, don't spoil the show. All right. You know, everyone's here. You know, we're going to get to the losers, but we do have one more winner. And then I promise you, you're going to, I think you're going to enjoy the losers, everybody, because we're all in a good mood. I mean, tomorrow's victory polo Monday and whatnot. But my final winner, because we have, we have five total winners altogether. The first four, Dak Prescott, Cedric Wilson, Dalton Schultz, and Amari Cooper. Great. Mike McCarthy. Now, I said this at the beginning of the show. I did not think it was smart to play the starters in this game. I did not think it was smart to openly say that you were going to play the starters in this game. I realize right now that sounds stupid. I realize right now that looks silly because the Cowboys offense came out, played well. I don't know that you can really give the defense a ton of attaboys. I know Leighton Vanderish had the turnover there at the end, but the defense was fine. Again, you know, whatever. I mean, that that's the kind of harder side of the ball to really grade, obviously. Um, but the Cowboys did kind of, you know, they, they made their wager here, right? Like if, if we look at this kind of like a poker game, the Cowboys made their wager. I thought it was too large of a wager to make because had the Cowboys come out and played poorly, they would have looked kind of stupid because they would have, you know, come into this game saying, this is an important game for us. We're going to play our starters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then if they had flopped, it would have looked really bad on them. And that would have been, if you do believe in momentum, some sort of negative momentum going into the playoffs, again, still paying uh, attention to um, to see if anything is out on Neville Gallimore. By the way, on the subject of Kelvin Joseph, like I said, I was being incredibly picky. Uh, tweet from John Owning, who does a fantastic job covering the NFL in general uh, from Pro Football Focus. Kelvin Joseph was the Cowboys' highest-graded defender against Philadelphia, according to PFF's initial review. So good news uh, if you are a Kelvin Joseph fan, which I am. But again, just a, a bad moment. But anyway, back to the McCarthy point. I love McCarthy. Erica says, by the way, on YouTube, McCarthy's been a good coach this year. I don't understand the hate. I also don't understand how coaches like Nick Sirianni get talked about as coach of the year, but Mike McCarthy gets no love. I totally agree. I think the idea of Nick Sirianni as coach of the year is ludicrous, but hey, I mean, whatever. I think McCarthy should totally be in the running for coach of the year. I mean, a lot of people thought that, you know, this Cowboys team wasn't going to amount to anything, and here they are, 12 wins, division champions, maybe the 2C, maybe the 3C, we'll see. <coughs> All right. Maybe the last cough. We'll see. But I thought it was the incorrect call to play starters tonight in Philadelphia. And the Cowboys, they made their wager, and they hit. They hit. The Cowboys' offense was awesome. Dak Prescott threw five touchdowns. You had this platoon of running backs have success. Amari Cooper had a great moment, made the winner's list. Obviously, Cedric Wilson had a great night. Dalton Schultz had a great night. Everybody's feeling good. Everybody's feeling the positive vibes. Everybody's feeling the energy heading into the playoffs. So good for the Cowboys in terms of pulling that off. I disagreed with that line of thought. I still disagree, even in hindsight. I don't think it was worth the risk, but the Cowboys got the win. They got what they came for. Now, to flip things over to the losers list, I mentioned that we have four losers. The least deserving was Kelvin Joseph. This is my second least deserving, and I'm going to tell you this is going to freak you out, all right? My winner, my final winner, Mike McCarthy. My next loser, though, Mike McCarthy. Because here's the thing. I know the Cowboys won the game. I know the Cowboys put up 51 points. I know Dak Prescott broke the record. I know Zeke Elliott got his 1,000 yards. Man, I thought I could make it with that coffin again. 
I know all of those things happened in the second half, but there was no need to risk it in the second half. That was a little bit silly. It reminded me of, on the subject of gambling, there's a a movie called 21 that maybe you have seen that is about kids from MIT that go, and when they're 21 years old, they go gamble in Vegas and whatnot, et cetera. And so, whatever. There's a point in the movie where, because these kids are counting cards, that's their whole shtick or whatever, one of them gets a little bit emotional and is no longer counting cards and is just like throwing down every single hand and he's being scolded at later on and he's being told you were no longer counting cards you were gambling and so fine Mike McCarthy I disagree with you but you decided to play your starters in the first half and you had a lot of success you even got that touchdown at the very end and it looked awesome Dak Prescott threw four touchdowns in the first half the Cowboys scored on every single possession in the first half if you had pulled all of your starters at that point, we would have been calling you geniuses. But the Cowboys came out and doubled down on that. That was no longer smart. That was no longer um, you know, calculated. That was risking it at that point. There was no need to risk it in the second half. It wasn't worth it for these records. Yeah, they're cool and they're fun, but it was not worth it. That was a risk that ultimately was not costly, but it could have been. The Cowboys tempted fate, and thankfully we don't have to sit here. And again, we're pending the Neville Gallimore situation right now. But we don't have to sit here and say, man, it blew up in their face. Needless to say, though, it could have, which is why it was just too much of a dice roll for me. So Mike McCarthy barely makes the losers list in that sense. But now let's talk about some true, some actual losers. And I feel like people are going to have a lot to say here. All right. Now, by the way, before we leave here, Mitchell Green says, disagree, RJ. It puts pressures on the Bucks, Rams, and Cardinals. This game was still in doubt. The Cowboys game was not in doubt. They were going to win that game. That's I won't. I'd refute that argument. I mean, I appreciate the argument, but there was no way this game was in doubt. And the the Bucs are not sitting here saying, well, man, now that the Cowboys beat the Eagles. No, I mean, the the Bucs were going to play their their players no matter what. I think the Cowboys accomplished what they needed to in the first half, and they went a little bit too far. Thankfully, it didn't come back to haunt them. But let's get to the actual losers. All right. First word that comes to mind. That's what I'm asking for. And it's a family-friendly show, people. All right, so first word that comes to mind, loser, Greg Zerline. I want to hear the first word that comes to your mind when you hear Greg Zerline. It could be an emoji, too. All right, if you, maybe you don't, you know, maybe you don't think of words. Maybe you think of the, the red face emoji. Um, but first word, first thought, first emotion, first emoji that comes to mind when you see or hear the name Greg Zerline. Man, uh, lots of great answers already. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Pierre says fire. Uh, I like that. Survivor 722 Gaming says again. Ethan says bye. Myra says trash. Erica, unreliable. Uh, Miguel says why. I like that one a lot. Mark says cut. Loco says inconsistent. Joe went with the poop emoji. Uh, murder, she wrote, says goodbye. Technically, that, that counts as one word. So, okay. Uh, I'm down with that. Ravi says choke. Uh, Kevin says ugly. <clears throat> Ooh, Robert says Kai. Talking about Kai Forbath. Interesting way to go there. Uh, Dan Farmer says overhyped. You know what? He's only overhyped by one person. All right. And I'm actually going to make this a double loser. This is really about Greg Zerline, but the loser here, because we can no longer put this at the feet of just Greg Zerline, and that's no pun intended. This is not just Greg Zerline that is a loser. Dan Farmer, you said overhyped. Nobody is sitting here and saying, and I'm not trying to call you out, Dan. Nobody is arguing with their friends or family or whatever in all the the spaces that you or I or whoever's listening or watching talk about the Dallas Cowboys, whatever group chats, whatever call of duty, you know, communication parties you're having, whatever discord servers you're on, whatever mass text message or email threads, not a single person, you know, I would bet 
is like, man, Greg Zerline is the man. Greg Zerline is awesome. Nobody thinks that. It is It is so difficult to think about to, to get a group of people to think the same thing. It is so, it's actually impossible in today's day and age to get a consensus among thousands or millions of people. Yet the overwhelming consensus of people with conscious brains know that Greg Zerline is not a reliable kicker. The only person, the one man dying on this hill is the fellow loser here, and that is John Fossil. We can no longer put this on just Greg Zerline. In fact, I'm kind of tempted to not even put it at all on Greg Zerline. And I know that sounds ridiculous because he's the guy missing kicks, but what's Greg supposed to do? I mean, Greg's getting paid to kick. I mean, would, would you stop if you were getting paid to kick? If, if you were going through all this, no, Greg's just out here cashing checks. So the person who I truly blame, actually, the person who I truly place responsibility at the feet of, it's not Greg Zerline's feet in those cleats. I put it at the feet of John Fossil. John Fossil is the only dude caping for this guy at this point, and it doesn't make any sense. There isn't a shred of evidence that supports that Greg Zerline is a legitimate or reliable kicker in the NFL. And here's the breaking news, all right? We're too late, all right? I realize that, and that sucks, but we are too late. We are stuck. We are in on this ride. We cannot get off. And if he costs the Dallas Cowboys a playoff game, this is the ultra loser right here, John Fossil, because he's the guy that made the Dallas Cowboys completely and totally marry and latch themselves onto Greg Zerline and not even consider any other options. The moment John Fossil became the Dallas Cowboys special teams coordinator back at the beginning days of 2020, it was Greg Zerline or bust. And you know what? I'm going to throw kind of a like honorable mention sort of loserness here on John Fossil. I just saw this tweet right now as we were making another point. One moment here from Dallas Cowboys Public Relations. Brian Anger's 44.6 net average this season is a franchise record and tied for the fourth highest net average in a season in NFL history. I don't want to make this about Brian Anger, but he is going to be something that supports my point. All right. You might remember, loyal listener, viewer, in your ultimate, you know, perfectness, that in the beginning days of this season, if you rewind back to training camp, and we wrote about this, we talked about this at Blogging the Boys, there were all sorts of rumors that John Fossil was ready to bring Johnny Hecker to the Dallas Cowboys. There were all sorts of rumors that the Los Angeles Rams were going to cut Johnny Hecker, the veteran punter who's known for his fake puns, and he's a big, booming, big leg punter, etc. He has a huge relationship with John Fossil. And consider that John Fossil has gotten not just his guy, in Greg Zerline, but in Jake McQuaid. And I don't want to throw Jake McQuaid under the bus. He's been a fine, long snapper for the Dallas Cowboys this season. But the Cowboys waved goodbye to the GOAT and LP Ladusser to bring in Jake McQuaid because he was John Fossil's dude. And John Fossil wanted Johnny Hecker on the Dallas Cowboys if the Los Angeles Rams had released him. Thankfully for all of us, the Rams did not release Johnny Hecker. They kept him for this season, and we might actually see him in the playoffs. And guess what happened after that? The Dallas Cowboys had to stick with Brian Anger, and I'm going to read this tweet to you again. Brian Anger's 44.6 net average this season is a franchise record and tied for the fourth highest net average in a season in NFL history. That almost did not happen because this dude, John Fossil, is not bros with him. And that's the problem with John Fossil right now is he is bros with Greg Zerline. And so he is unable to see beyond the broness of it all. We all have friends. We all have people that we're close to and that we're tight with and that we chill with and that we're, you know, cool with. But John, you cannot 
be doing this. You cannot, you know, put the fate of this team and everything that they have done in, in clear consciousness behind the foot of Greg Zerline. I'm going to say this in, 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 and I cannot believe that this is true. All right. John Fossil's the loser here, but Greg Zerline has now missed a kick of some kind. So a field goal or an extra point in 15 of 32 games that he has played with the Dallas Cowboys. 15 of 32. All right. Now, maybe you're not a math expert. I'm not saying I am. That is 49% of the time, which means that Greg Zerline is effectively a coin flip proposition for missing some sort of kick in a game, in an NFL game where points are precious. Yes, Greg Zerline has hit a couple of game winners. Yes, Greg Zerline hit the watermelon kick last year against Atlanta. Greg, we had some good times. Awesome, man. Great. We really appreciate it. But we need to see the Dallas Cowboys reach a point of being emotionally stable enough to cut ties with dudes that they are bros with. We have seen that at different points. You know, I I don't want to make this about him, but the Cowboys were brave enough to cut Jalen Smith in the early days of this season. How can you have that level of conviction and not have the same level of conviction when it comes to cutting Greg Zerline? I mean, look, Doxon says he cost us the cards game. I don't necessarily believe that, but I I can't argue against it. He definitely cost the Cowboys the Bucks game in week one. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's crazy. Now, Tim Watson says, RJ, John Fossil makes us better. Totally agree. John Fossil has improved the special teams side of the ball. I'm not going to sit here and say John Fossil's got to go. No, John Fossil, stick around. Love you, man. You're awesome. Really appreciate you and your funny stories that you tell. But you have to reach a point of objectivity when it comes to evaluating the players who score points for this team. Because right now, John Fossil doesn't have it. Right now, nobody in the Dallas Cowboys has it when it comes to Greg Zerline. He is costing this team opportunities. I mean, he is going to, I I do not want to say this, but you all know it. We're all thinking it. He is going to cost the Dallas Cowboys a playoff game. He he's going to cost them a a playoff game. How, I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's absolutely crazy that the Dallas Cowboys would purposely go down this road for this long. Fine. You want to stick with Greg Zerline at the beginning of the season? Okay, great. After it didn't work out, which it predictably wouldn't, you have to make a change. And yes, the Cowboys brought in Lareem Hyrulahu, and he was awesome. He was 5-5 five five on extra points, and I'm not saying that was the answer. But that at least was proof positive that help can be found literally off the street that is better and more reliable than Greg Zerline. So, you know, hey. Um, now, a lot of you, uh, Ravi says, RJ, please be hopeful. Look, I'm super hopeful, but th- look, there are a few players on a team that score points. There are a few players on an NFL team that score points. That's the thing that we have to get through our heads here. Greg Zerline is one of those people. And half of the time, he is going to mess up at scoring points. That is not good enough. That is not good enough. And you know what the most frustrating part about this is? Is that last week when the Dallas Cowboys were asked about this, when John Fossil was asked about this, last week, the first week of January, John Fossil said, well, he had back surgery in May. I mean, you know, what's going to happen here? If he had back surgery that made him unreliable, Bones, how come you kept him on the team this long? There's a level of nepotism when it comes to certain players and certain situations in the NFL. And this is happening with Greg Zerline and the Dallas Cowboys. And I hope that we are wrong 
the collective here and that he does not cost the Dallas Cowboys a playoff game. But if the evidence is any indication, it is going to happen. We are going to be pissed off. And then the Cowboys are going to shed and duck the responsibility from that. And that is not okay. So, yeah, a lot of good things happened tonight against Philadelphia. But Greg Zerline proved once again that he is not completely reliable. And it's not just, you know, the first time or the 10th time or the 30 or the 13th time. It's the 15th time in 32 attempts. That's just that's just not acceptable. And it's not just that he's, you know, it, it's not just that he's missed. Like, fine, Greg, you're missing 50 yard field goals. Dude, respect. I mean, you're you're trying to hit from downtown. I can I can swallow that. But. I mean, we're missing extra points here. You know, like, that's the thing. You're missing extra points, and that changes the complexion of a game. Fine, you miss a field goal, cool. But if, I mean, not cool, but still, you miss an extra point, you change the complexion of a game. You're now having to go for two. You're now having to chase points. You're now having to this and that or whatever. You cannot, you cannot trust that in an NFL game, let alone a playoff game, which is where the Dallas Cowboys are at. It's frustrating. Um, it's frustrating. Um, so it is what it is. Now, Greg says he's just getting them out of his system before the playoffs. I hope that's right, Greg. I, uh, I really hope you are. Uh, okay, great. So that, uh, that wraps up our losers segment. I told you we had some legitimate losers here. Uh, let's get to our honorable mentions. Now, first one kind of weird. We had some, some, we've had some weird stuff here. We had Mike McCarthy on both the winners and losers list. That's the first time I've ever done that. Uh, another first timer here. Honorable mention is somebody that didn't even play in the game. Now, I'm not trying to bag on the defense. It's hard to properly evaluate what they did tonight against Philadelphia. However, honorable mention, Micah Parsons. Why? Because without him, this defense is, um, you know, not elite at the very least. Uh, Micah Parsons, I think, in case there's any way that we did not already know his value to the team, um, Micah Parsons is the heartbeat, the soul whatever you want to call it, of this defense. They go as he goes. So, Michael Parsons, honorable mention. Again, very weird night. You know, it's a weird game, kind of a meaningless game. It was a Saturday. It's a Week 18 game. A lot of weird variables happening around here. So, a player who didn't even play uh, for the Cowboys gets an honorable mention. Kevin says, Micah not being out there shows. It really does. I mean, he's he's amazing. Uh, he really is amazing. Jim Beatty says, we missed Diggs. Yeah, Trayvon would have had his 12th interception of the season if he played tonight, but obviously he didn't. Um, so, Hey, it is what it is. But, uh, okay, let's move on. Next honorable mention, Zeke Elliott. We mentioned it. I mean, look, I know Zeke kind of barely got 1,000 yards, but Zeke has had, <coughs> excuse me, pretty productive season, all things considered. I know that there are areas where Tony Pollard is the more preferred back. Uh, but I thought tonight was a great game from Zeke. I mean, contextually, you know, not great, great, but it was it was great within the context of what this game was, what this game offered as an opportunity. I thought Zeke was reliable, ultimately finished the night, um, you know, 18 carries, 87 yards, 4.8 yards per carry. I mean, we hadn't seen that from Zeke in a long time. He had a 26-yard run. It was his longest, you know, um, you know, longest or longest run in nine games. I mean, so it had been a while since we had seen a big, um, you know, big game, big run from Zeke like that. So really nice night for Zeke Elliott in the hole, in the collective. Also a good bit of positivity heading into the wild card round. Speaking of, by the way, I did see this question. Uh, where was it? Jason says, when will we play next weekend, RJ? I know a lot of people are going to have this question between now and tomorrow. We will not know the playoff schedule. Uh, they will likely announce it probably tomorrow night after Sunday night football. Once that final playoff spot is secured by the Chargers or the Raiders, uh, the Sunday Night Football broadcast will announce the playoff schedule. I would imagine that the Cowboys are going to play on Saturday, or excuse me, on Sunday. I do not think the Cowboys are going to play in that Monday game. 
uh, the Monday wildcard game. But, you know, whoever the Cowboys play, unless it's the Eagles, which is pretty unlikely, uh, they are going to have an extra day, um, you know, on them, which is a, a nice advantage to have certainly at any point. So um, great job by Zeke Elliott. Um, a nice honorable mention. Um, let's see here. Uh, Dr. Forbin says, RJ, have great doubts about your reasoning. I'd love to hear them, Dr. Forbin. I'm on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. My DMs are open, so hit me up. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's move on. My last honorable mention. Uh, somebody mentioned him early on. Somebody said he better be a winner. I'm sorry if it was you. I have uh, lost that comment by now. Corey Clement. Corey Clement had a nice game. I mean, you know, against his old team in the Philadelphia Eagles. How do you not give Corey an honorable mention? Seven carries. 58 yards, also caught the record-breaking touchdown from Dak Prescott, four catches for 22 yards. I mean, this was a nice game. And look, I don't know that Corey's going to be involved in the offense moving forward, but he is, you know, this was a nice game for Corey Clement. So really nice to see him without Tony Pollard, part of the mix, obviously inactive for the Cowboys. You know, it's nice to see the Cowboys have another option that they can lean on and they can, you know, get positivity, uh, positivity out of. Um, Sack Baby Jr. says Corey was amazing. Jason Phillips says, um, love Corey. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, hey, great job by Corey Clement. Um, let's see here. Um, I had there is another comment here I want to hit. Let's get Corey's name off here. Uh, I've seen this comment a couple of times or a, a variation of this comment. Astro Joe, love you, Astro Joe says, honorable mention refs for letting them play. Uh, no controversy. Yeah, I mean. Look, I am not somebody – I know last week everybody had issues with the referees and whatnot. I am not somebody who believes that the referees are out to get the Cowboys. I think it's funny that, you know, I, I don't know if you're being tongue-in-cheek, Astro Joe, but, like, when the Cowboys win, it's like, boom, perfect officiating. But when the Cowboys lose, it's like, well, you know, officiating, you know, is out to get the Cowboys. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I do think that we have a um, – okay, everybody – um, we have we have a, a super fan in here, not a super chatter, but a super fan. Cowboys won and done with Trash Guy. Somebody so obsessed with the Dallas Cowboys that they have chosen to make their username all about them. Says Cowboys will be eliminated next. Aaron Rodgers will win the Super Bowl. I just I can't imagine um, I can't imagine putting Nick Sirianni on your Coach of the Year graphic uh, as his team just let fifty points be hung on them. But I also can't imagine making your username something that you like allegedly hate. So if everyone can can tell Cowboys one and done with Trash Scott that they are a bigger Cowboys fan than all of us because they're clearly that obsessed with the Dallas Cowboys, I think that that would be a nice thing to do on this uh, this fine Saturday night. Uh, let's see here. Johnny Boy RN says, we did get away with a big OPI on Wilson's first touchdown. We very much did, Johnny Boy RN. Uh, C.D. Lamb, bit of an actor. All right, bit of an actor. Let's uh, – Let's let's give CD uh, an Academy Award here. Definitely sold that there was some contact there. I think we got lucky. And again, I think that's where if you think that, you know, if you think the refs are out to get the Cowboys, they they let they let CD Lamb go with a blatant offensive pass interference. Sometimes sometimes the penalties work your way, sometimes they don't. That's just kind of life in the NFL sometimes. Um so it is what it is. So let's see here. Um uh, uh Baylor Kim says Rip Bozo. I don't know who Bozo is. Was Bozo Trashcott? Uh, is that what it was here? Seriously, Trashcott. Like if you're going to come up with an, an insult like let's be clever. Like there are some some clever insults we can do here. You know, like but Trashcott is so lazy, you know. Just like give give your your trash talk some effort. That's all I I you know demand really is you know some effort when it comes to you know your trash talk but not this like lame stuff like trash guy like that's not even funny you know it's whatever anyway uh so let's uh let's put this back up here in case you missed it earlier in case you are a late arrival here is what at stake or what is it what is goodness gracious at stake for the dallas cowboys tomorrow on sunday so let's ask this question now and then we'll figure out how to get there in fact let's take this off the screen 
The Dallas Cowboys won. The Dallas Cowboys are secured at least the four seed in the NFC. So I put it to you. The options, there are four of them, are the Los Angeles Rams, the Arizona Cardinals, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Who do you want the Dallas Cowboys to face? That's the question right now. If you're with us live on YouTube or on Facebook, if you're watching or listening later, just hit me up on Twitter. Tell me. But who do you want to face? Your answers, and let's discuss them. The Rams, the Cardinals, the Niners, or the Eagles. Some of them are more likely. Some of them are less likely. Some of them are incredibly unlikely. Who do you want to face the most? Um, I know a lot of you are saying Philadelphia, and while I appreciate the gusto behind that answer, I would also ask that you kind of incorporate a level of practicality and reasonability uh, because Philadelphia is unlikely. Philadelphia, for the Cowboys to host the Eagles, it requires a Buccaneers loss to the Panthers. And that's kind of the one thing I'm I'm not willing to believe will happen. I can believe the other things would happen, uh, but I just cannot see the, the Bucs, even in the turmoil they're dealing with right now, losing to the Panthers. So that's just me. Uh, Baylor Kim says, want to play one Eagles, two Niners, three Rams, four Cardinals. Um, I would agree with this list, except I would flip the Cardinals and the Rams. The Rams are the team I want to play the least personally. Uh, Johnny Boy RN says Niners. I love how we just like dismiss the four in their name. Like, I love that. I love that it's just Niners to us. Uh, Mitchell Green says Eagles and Cardinals. Connor says rematch Arizona. I like that. Uh, Bernard says uh, cards revenge. I love that. I love going for revenge. You know what I would love? I would love to get rid of this whole Kyler Murray's never lost a game at AT AT&T Stadium thing. Like, that's super annoying. I mean, look, they have every right to say it, but that's really annoying. I would love to get rid of that forever. So if if it could be the Cardinals and the Cowboys could get rid of that, that would be awesome. Eric Baker says Arizona needs that payback. Lit Newport says the Rams would beat us. What I agree with is that I think if you got the best version of each of those four teams, the Rams, Cardinals, Niners, and Eagles, I think the Rams version is the hardest to beat. That's I, I do agree with that. Um, so I think that if, if they're all peaking, I think that you want the Rams the least because when, when that offense is peaking, and I realize they have had some, some questions of viability and sustainability as of late, but when, when that offense is on, they are difficult to stop, and so that would not necessarily uh, be a fun thing. Uh, lit Newport's again says, I do not want to play the Rams. So I agree with that. Um, Nicholas says Cowboys hosting the Eagles means that Sunday was a good day. That's very much true. And if the Cowboys are hosting the Eagles, they are doing so as the two seed in the NFC. And we'll put this back up here again. Shout out to Dennis Selman, who made this awesome chart. If the Cowboys are hosting the Eagles next week, again, it means that literally everything went their way tomorrow. It means that the Niners beat the Rams, the Seahawks beat the Cardinals, and the Panthers beat the Buccaneers. And what's important about that is assuming the Cowboys go on to beat the Eagles in the wild card round, they would host the divisional round game. That opponent obviously is uh, is a little bit too far to calculate down the road, but that would be a huge thing to get that second playoff game at home before potentially having to travel to Lambeau Field. Uh, Brady says, why are you so scared of the cards? I think the answer, Brady, is because the Cowboys just lost to them. That's a good reason to be scared of them. Um, you know, so it is what it is. Mitchell Green says the Panthers beat the Cardinals, not out of the question. They did. That was a long time ago. The Panthers are awful. The Panthers, if it weren't for the Giants, the Panthers might be the worst team in the NFL. So, I mean, um, it is what it is. Uh, Jason Phillips says, I don't care. Just win. I like that. Just simple, you know, simple, nice, nice and, uh, uh, ready to, you know, straight to the punch. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jeremy says the 49ers could be a problem with the style of ball control football they play. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If, if you're getting all these teams at their peak, Kyle Shanahan at his peak is definitely um, definitely a tougher coach to, to you know, to, to work against. And so that's, that's not, you know, ideal. But if Kyle Shanahan wants to start Jimmy Garoppolo, here's the thing. 
let me put it this way. If Kyle Shanahan wants to start Jimmy Garoppolo and the Dallas Cowboys can't win that game, then, you know, our Cowboys have no business here. You know, like if, if they can't beat Jimmy Garoppolo, if the Cowboys was a playoff game that Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, it was just, it was, it wasn't in the cards, you know, that's okay. And I, I'm okay. I can live with that. So I hope that you can too. Uh, let's see. Uh, Joe Brooks says, I want to beat Brady. We've never beaten Brady. That's true, but that game cannot happen next week at the very least. It could potentially happen in the divisional round. Um, so we'll see again, how Sunday's action shakes out. Um, you know, it's going to be fun. And it's, you know, it's, this is always the best thing when the Cowboys play early in the week and they've already got their win and, we don't have to worry. We can just enjoy Sunday's NFL action without a care in the world. Sit back, relax, blah, blah, blah. Always fun. Um, so it is what it is. Junior Cisneros has a comment, so everybody knows it, that says, the Eagles are trash and got swept by the Cowboys. I hate that Nick Sirianni is my coach and Jalen Hurts is my quarterback. In case anybody's unaware, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you see this just like I do. But if you're watching on Facebook, you don't see it. Junior, that's J.R. Cisneros, has a comment that, again, literally says, Eagles are trash, worst team in the history of the world. Even the uniforms are terrible and make me want to vomit. I can't stand that Nick Sirianni is my coach. I'm so embarrassed that the Eagles got swept by the Dallas Cowboys in 2021, technically also 2022. This is a really long comment from Junior Cisneros. Uh, Junior Cisneros going on to say, I wish that I could change fandoms to being a Dallas Cowboys fan, but the Eagles have ruined me so much that I can't even fathom the thought of improving uh, my footballness. So thank you for the comment, Junior Cisneros. Really appreciate you and your undying love and loyalty for the Dallas Cowboys, especially in this magical time where the Cowboys have just swept uh, the Philadelphia Eagles here in 2021. So thank you for pointing that out to all of us. So thank you to Junior Cisneros. Nicholas, uh, victory polo Monday on a Sunday. That's well said. Tomorrow is going to be fun. Uh, Victory Polo Monday, in case you don't know, we take pictures of ourselves wearing polos, wearing T-shirts, caps, scarves, whatever you got. Tag us on Twitter at RGOchoa, at Blogging the Boys, uh, at RGOchoa, at Blogging.the.boys on Instagram, if that is more your speed. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that about does it. Great game for the Cowboys, obviously. Great night. Um, I mean, uh, oh, Roderick says, hey, from Nova Scotia, we meritimers, hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, love listening to you and company. Appreciate you, Roderick. Hope all is well with you in the new year. Uh, so um, we will see what tomorrow has to offer. Again, whoever the Dallas Cowboys are going to play, we will keep you updated, of course, at bloggingtheboys.com. We will have highlights from tonight's game available on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel on Sunday. Uh it's about to get real, people. It's about to get real. This is why we lifted all them weights. We came here prepared in training camp. We put in the time, the energy, the focus, the synergy, and we are ready for the Dallas Cowboys and their playoff run to start now. No more regular season games, all right? It's here. The tournament is about to begin. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me from the Blog and the Boys Universe on Twitter and Instagram at RJ Ochoa. Email rj.ochoa at sbnation.com if that is something that you prefer instead some people like email you know it's diff different you know different time of year you know their, their time of you know some people like email some people like uh you know social media whatever uh scott with a great comment says baby rj is undefeated that's right my wife and i our son uh home now thank you for all the people who sent uh kind and welcoming messages one and oh one and oh in our house uh as a dallas cowboys fan most importantly completely owns the Philadelphia Eagles, my son. Uh, so uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, for hanging out with us tonight on Saturday night. Hope your weekend is going great. Hope you have great plans for the rest of it. And uh, let's do this whole thing again next week after the Cowboys win a playoff game. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time.